Hey friends, I'm back from sabbatical. That's right. Thank you. It's uh, DGS back on DHP. It's October 7th when we're recording this. And I hope you appreciated the episodes that we had recorded prior to me going on sabbatical that we released here just last month in September 22. Uh, Today's guest is David Dykes, who's the pastor of discipleship at Clifton Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. I've known David for some time. He was an intern at Capitol Hill Baptist Church, where I also was an intern and served on staff a little bit. David and his wife, Erica, have been members at Clifton in Louisville for a number of years. One of the things that David oversees is the small group ministry, and he wrote an article, How to Be a Good Small Group Member. So that's what this episode is about, how to be a good small group member. I was helped by his article, and I was helped by this conversation. Hope you are too. Enjoy. All right, David Dykes, welcome to the Disciple Henson Podcast. Thanks for having me. Good, good to talk to you, Daniel. Good to talk to you, too. Good to see you. We got you on Zoom here, although our listeners won't be able to see you, but it looks like you're in your church office there in Louisville, Kentucky, at Clifton Baptist Church. That's correct. So where's Clifton in Louisville, if people know Louisville? Yeah, so we are on Frankfurt Avenue, about a mile or a mile and a half away from uh, Southern Seminary. And uh, so we're in a kind of a, an, an old historic neighborhood, um, you know, fairly, um, you know, a lot of non-believers around us, you know, fairly liberal part of town, uh, but then just down the street from Southern. And so we get a lot of Southern students and, and we have a good mix of members just from kind of throughout the, um, the Louisville area. Great. And you serve as the pastor of discipleship. Is that correct? That's correct. And how long have you been at Clifton? So I've been a member of Clifton for 21 years. Um, wow. And um, and then I've been on staff about eight, uh, and then I was a non-staff elder for about five years uh, before coming on to staff. Okay. And then then for a brief time before that, I served uh, as part-time children's ministry director uh, in the early 2000s. Okay. Okay. And what brought you to Louisville and Southern? Yeah. Um, so I had finished college uh, in 2000 at Wheaton College and uh, came to Southern, was just exploring the potential of uh, of pastoral ministry. And, um, uh, yeah, so that, that's what brought me to, to Louisville. And then, um, was just looking for a, a, a good church with faithful preaching. Uh, I attended Trinity for a while where, where your dad was, was preaching. Uh, also visited, uh, Clifton where at the time, John Fulmer and Jonathan Lehman were, were members. And, um, I, I really loved what was happening here at Clifton. It was, uh, a church that was, um, was kind of, was, I guess struggling in some ways, um, and just um, uh, kind of in decline, uh, mm-hmm. numbers and, and 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 other otherwise. And um, went home one summer, and during that summer, uh, Clifton and Trinity merged together. So then, when I came back the following fall, it was just a, a no-brainer that this would be the church that I'd want to join, and uh, has just really discipled me significantly over the years. That's excellent. And you ended up meeting your wife Erica at Clifton. Is that true? So somewhat, yeah. So she was not a member here. We we actually didn't meet here. Okay. Um, she was from Frankfort, Kentucky, which is about an hour away, and she was a member all of her life of a very small church in Frankfort. Hmm. Uh, but she was teaching, um, just like a she was a substitute teacher uh, for a brief time um, in the middle of the week, and so she would attend with uh, Shannon Robbins at the time. Now Shannon Lehman. I don't know if any of your members will know, will know some of these names that I'm mentioning. I, I know, I know Michael Lawrence will know. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan and I were roommates 
and uh, Shannon and Erica were roommates whenever Erica would come uh, come to Louisville in the middle of the week. So Shannon invited her to come to Clifton one Wednesday night. Um, she kind of put a little bug in my ear and said, you should you should pay attention to Erica. I think you guys would hit it off. And uh, so I did pay attention and we hit it off. And uh, and then uh, we started dating a short time later and then got married in 2005. 2005. Okay. Um, and you have children? You, you and Erica uh, have, have kids? We have five kids. Uh, five kids, Ruth, Elizabeth, Seth, Faith, and Joseph. Uh range in age from eight to 16. Excellent. And where, where do you, uh, I forgot to ask, where do you hail from? Like where, before you went to Wheaton, where were you living? Where your, where were your parents? So we moved all over the Southeast. Um, when I came to Louisville, my parents were living uh, near Atlanta, Georgia at the time. Okay, great. Well, and, uh, David, you and I met, um, I can't remember exactly when, but you were kind of coming to Clifton slash Trinity when I was on my way out to college at Western Kentucky in 2001, but, uh, also got to know you over the years as I would come back and visit my parents and, uh, as Ashley and I were members and I believe it was 2010. Um, and my mom, so I think I sent up a filter on my email years ago to, uh, delete any emails from my mom that have the subject of forward, uh, <laughs> with, a, cause I, she would send me a lot of updates on people that I did not know, um, as well as other random stories. Um, I love my mom and, but <laughs> the, the emails that seem to get through are yours, your updates uh, in the Clifton Messenger. And I just happened to read your uh, article on how to be a small group member. So while people not, might not know you uh, here at, at Henson, other than Michael and myself, I thought it would be great for you and I to have a conversation because I found that article that you wrote for Clifton in Louisville so helpful. So thanks for thanks again for taking the time on a on a busy day I'm sure to talk about how to be a good small group member. Um, so is are small groups uh, part of what you oversee as pastor of discipleship? Th th that's right. So I give uh, kind of broad oversight, um, particularly for small group leaders. We, we do all of the elders are involved in that. So each small group leader is assigned to an elder. Um, and uh, so we, we share that in terms of the actual shepherding, uh, but in terms of giving the, the structured ministry, kind of leadership direction, training, um, uh, I'm the elder that oversees that. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, so would you say, well, just tell me a little bit about small groups at Clifton. Uh, how are the majority of the members involved in small groups at Clifton? The, the majority are. Um, Historically, I'd say over the last 10 years or so, I think we've averaged around probably 90% of our members in small groups. Oh, wow. Groups. Yeah, that's all um, right. Right now, um, at least of those who are kind of live here and residents, you know, not counting, you know, shut-in members and our international workers and so forth. Right now, I'm guessing we might be a little bit lower than that, maybe closer to, to 80%. Um, I think with COVID, I think that impacted that a little bit. Sure. Um, and, um, but, but we're kind of building that back up, but somewhere between 80 and 90%. Okay. Um, small groups. Great. Um, so tell us a, a little bit more about like how you guys think, what is the purpose of small groups? Like what they do, what would just in really briefly be a, like a typical small group meeting? Yeah. What would that look like at Clifton? Sure. Yeah. So for our small groups, and we know there are a lot of different models and, and, and good models. Um, we don't think the way that we do, it's the only way to do it, but, but the way that we structure it, um, they are for members or members in process. Um, so we're, we're wanting kind of a regular commitment 
uh, we view the small groups as, as one of kind of the key structures for helping us just really kind of dive in and do um, just kind of share how are we really doing? How can we um, kind of be accountable? How can we pray for one another, encourage one another? So we're wanting there to be continuity within our groups. Um, we ask those that join a group uh, to commit for that entire year. And in most cases, people will remain in the same group um, for, for a number of years. Um, there's someone in our small group currently who we've been leading, I think, for 14 years, and they've been our, in our group the whole time. Um, but uh, we have found that, um, you know, if, if where we can have continuity for two, three, four years, you can just start to build off of the momentum that you develop earlier and you just really kind of get to know one another better. Uh, again, we will, uh, you know, move people around if, if they ask to and if, mm -hmm. if there are good reasons to. Um, so, um, but then in terms of a, a, a small group meeting, uh, we try to have really kind of three components. We want time for, for fellowship. Uh, we think just kind of that informal time to, uh, to interact with one another is is actually really significant and helps the the rest of the meetings to go well. Um, it's just, I think it's important to know what just just to interact as as friends and um, and to care for one another in that way. Then we try to have some time, uh, some sort of content, uh, biblical focus. Most of our groups do a sermon discussion uh, where the the emphasis is on application. How, how can we uh, how can we apply this? It's not. How can we critique the sermon? What did the pastor not say that he should have? Uh, but it, but it's heavenly, uh, heavily um, weighted towards how does this shape the way we live this week? Um, there are other groups that may discuss, um, you know, just good books or uh, do Bible studies. But uh, I think the majority of people are discussing the sermon. And then we have time to, to pray together. Uh, in many cases, we're going to have the men and the women uh, divide up um, and, and we... Um, just, just share how, how we're doing. My group will typically, I'll have one kind of question coming out of the sermon discussion and say, you know, ask for prayer for one way to kind of live this out more faithfully mm -hmm. this week. Mm -hmm. um, but then we'll also just touch on things like, uh, how am I doing my walk with the Lord? Um, how am I doing leading my family? Um, and then uh, how am I honoring the Lord at work? Uh, those kind of things. And if there, there's any you know, particular, just sin struggle or difficulty, uh, we want there to be space to be able to talk about that as well. That's great. That sounds pretty similar to what we do here at Henson for small groups or kind of how we structure the time and how we think about the purpose. Um, David, if I'm not in a small group, am I going to hell? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, yeah, so we, we, uh, we do encourage them. We know that they're not going to be for everybody. Um, and um, the... Um, um, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt join a small group. Um, the Bible does say, uh, you know, love your neighbor, uh, you know, care for one another. There are a whole lot of one another passages in Scripture, right? You know, forgive one another, show hospitality to one another. And uh, th those are the things that we're that we're called to do as Christians for one another. And uh, so we do think that the small group structure just kind of gives a natural setting to, to help you do that. Um we certainly hope uh, that's happening outside of our small group, so that uh, small group is not the only place that that happens. Um, but but we do find that it gives just a, a good natural place to, to do that. Um, one of the things I'll just say kind of along those lines is that um, small group can be a really good setting for us, we've noticed, for people to kind of cultivate and test gifts. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe someone's never led a Bible study before. And a small group where you know everybody, um, they know you, and mm. it's kind of a small, intimate setting. 
uh, can just be kind of a good environment to to kind of stretch a little bit and uh, maybe to give a brother who hasn't taught before an opportunity. Hmm. And um, so there's some things like that that we think that that it can really allow people to to use gifts and to test them um, in kind of a safe uh, safe setting. That's great. Um, but in the way I, I think I've heard you say it or heard small groups talked about it, it's it's a it's a tool. It's a means right. to accomplish the ends of what we see of like those one another's that we see in, in right. scripture of, of loving and caring for one another. Um, so let's get to the article that you, you read for, or you wrote and, and also read for Clifton. Um, was there anything in particular that prompted you to write an article on how to be a good small group member? Yes. Um, and, and I should say, actually, I, I, I don't think we, I've mentioned this to you previously, mm-hmm. I originally wrote this article, I think about three years ago, hmm. uh, and then then we pull it back out and, and use it again. So when I originally wrote it three years ago, I, I, we were just in a season where I had had a number of conversations with small group leaders that were doing a great job, really hmm. faithful, and were a little bit discouraged, uh, hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And And I just noticed that there were a lot of common themes that I was hearing from our small group leaders. And so I thought, you know, we, we do a regular regular small group leader training. Mm-hmm. And I thought we've never really said anything or given any instructions to our members about how to think about small group outside of kind of just the, the general vision casting that we provide, but kind of no instruction or no, you know, Hey, here's some really important things to think about. Now, occasionally in our, in our preaching, uh, you know, John is good about, you know, from time to time making an application um, to small groups. So, so that comes to some degree informally, um, or just kind of through through that means. Uh, but I just thought, I think I should just write an article, just kind of pulling together some of the insights that I've gleaned. Um, you know, as, as pastor of discipleship, I, I just kind of have a unique vantage point where I'm hearing from a lot of different people. And I think maybe I'm just in a unique position to be able to, to kind of put some things on paper that I think would serve our church as a whole. So that that was kind of where the idea for the article was birthed. And, and is responsible for a lot of the content as I reflected on the experience of small group leaders, but both good and bad. Sure, sure. No, I, I found, as I said, the article really helpful, uh, convicting to me, encouraging to continue to press in, whether it be in small groups or just in the church at large, into uh, taking an interest in pursuing others. Um, let me just read the opening paragraph of your of your article because I thought it set it up well, and then it'll get us more into the kind of the meat of what is what is it you know maybe some practical application of what does it look like to be a good small group member. You write small groups are like a lot of things; they aren't terribly complex in themselves, but they have their complexities. They exist in the midst of bustling lives and unspoken expectations. Yet for all the training we provide leaders. We do not have a regular structure for helping small group members think about their role in your thinking, particularly as small group members. Maybe that's okay, but I intend this article to be an invitation for all of us to ask ourselves, am I a good small group member? David, are you a good small group member? Uh, I, I hope so. Uh, though I, I have joked with, uh, with, with some of my small group and along with John that uh, uh, I don't think John will mind me saying this. Uh, John Kimball, I'm talking about our main preaching pastor. We've both commented on we felt like we were both better small group leaders before we were staff pastors, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just being pulled lots of lots of different ways. I can um, understand that. But, uh, but, Wait, what would you give uh, yourself on a grace, scale of I, one I, to I, ten I, or zero to ten? That? What would you give yourself on a scale of zero to ten? 
Oh, goodness. Um, maybe it depends on what, what we're talking about. If we're talking in terms of like caring for people, you know, I, I think on the higher range, if we're talking about administration and kind of having a lot of forethought, uh, I'm going to be on the lower end of the scale. I think but I've got a really faithful brother in the small group who is um, is has noticed that and has said, hey, can can I help a little bit administratively with maybe? And I was like, that would be awesome. And so he has been an especially good small group member to me. Uh, it's helpful to have those guys uh, and gals to come alongside you. Um, I think just uh, as an aside, I think my small group at Henson would give me maybe about a three um, out of 10 because in large part because I broke up our small group and uh, told them to find other small groups. <laughs> I, I did I did warn them, but uh, that's another story. Uh, so let's talk about where you began in your article, what the biblical foundation for wanting to be a good small group is, uh, a small group member uh, would be, you already mentioned some of the one another passages, but any other scriptures that you would go to or reference more specifically? Yeah, I mean, I think I would just say we're, we're called to love one another, mm-hmm, right? That, mm-hmm. that, uh, that we're to love um, our brothers and sisters, and uh, love looks like a, a lot of things, but you know, it looks like um, largely the one another passages. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means you know, taking an interest in one another, mm-hmm. praying for one another, encouraging one another, serving one another. Um, and I think one of the, the things I'm thinking about, kind of in the, the heartbeat of this. Uh, maybe if you press in a little further into okay, w- what does loving your neighbor look like? Good. Um, you know, I think of Philippians two four, mm-hmm. which says, "Let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of, of others." So it's just just trying to have an outward outlook where you're yeah. just kind of looking around you and thinking what what's going to serve and bless these other brothers and sisters around me. I think that's really important, even though, you know, maybe we've heard this a hundred times and even a non-Christian would be like, yeah, I hope you're trying to love each other in your small group. But uh, it's hard when so much of our lives, we come to everything we do as consumers. Like, what can I get out of this? Is this make, is this fulfilling me? Is this making me happy? Is this worth my time? Is this worth my, you know, I'm making a sacrifice of maybe things that I would, you know, maybe more in my flesh rather do, you know, stay at home and watch Netflix with the fam, um, or whatever it might be. But we're, you know, I think scripture reorients us to, to be looking not to our, again, just as you quoted from Philippians 2, 4, not to our own interests, but rather to the interests of others. So if we come with that mindset by the spirits enabling power, uh, that'll change, uh, how we, how we approach small groups. So I think that's a, a really important foundation. Um, any other ways that you would say, um, you know, I think a lot of times when we think about small groups, like like you even said earlier, we we think more about the leader, like it's the leader's job to kind of facilitate everything that's happening. But any ways that we can be practically coming as producers, not consumers, coming with love towards one another. I think you mentioned some things in your third paragraph of your article, or anything else that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think just even simply having the outlook that. Even if it's just very briefly while you're driving to small group, just hmm. to remind yourself, I, I'm going to be surrounded by others that uh, that that I can serve, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think just kind of going thinking, I, I want to be looking around me to see see what needs to pop up. So mm-hmm. you know, it could be just as simple and practical as um, just kind of noticing is is the host. Um, you know, as they're getting drinks ready or they're doing something, like can you just step in and help them do that? Mm-hmm. Um, 
or if, um, uh, yeah, I think just kind of being alert and paying attention and, and just kind of not assume that someone else is going to take care of something. And just if you see just little ways that you can serve, I think that's helpful. Um, you know, I think things like, um, you know, it can be easy to think, hey, what, what do I want to share or talk about when I show up to small group? Um, I think it can be a good practice to think, what are some good questions that I can just kind of have ready hmm. and, uh, and and try to engage other people to, to, to draw them out? Um, so I think asking good questions is, is one way. Um, and I think also just things like if, if someone shares something, you know, significantly at small group uh, to, to later in the week, uh, you know, sh- you know, shoot them a text or give them a phone call and say, hey, I've, I've been thinking about this and praying for you. How, how's that going? Uh, that can just be really meaningful. Um, or I think especially, you know, if, you know, this doesn't happen every week, but sometimes somebody may just share something that just feels particularly heavy and you just realize, man, they're, they're really bearing a burden here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if then they, they share that and then kind of nothing else is said or asked about that afterwards, that, that can be discouraging and maybe even more isolating. Um, mm. you know, we hope in our smarter, there's a lot of kind of back and forth, um, and, and kind of further follow up that happens there in the meeting. Uh, but you know, sometimes I think just, you know, maybe even if, if you have margin the next week, if somebody shares something heavy, Hey, could, could we grab coffee? I'd love to, to hear more about how we can care for you. Uh, just little things like that, I think can, can go a long way. I liked what you said about, um, kind of preparing your mind to care for others well, to love others well, even maybe as you're on your way to small group. I, I think of one, one brother, there was many people in our small group who did this or who have done this over the last couple years, but one brother in particular named Steve, who would, uh, particularly remember what people had shared when we had last gathered and what, what people had shared for prayer and things that were burdening them. And he would mm-hmm. follow up and sometimes, you know, it had been a couple weeks or maybe even a month or more since uh, th- that person had been at small group or they had shared that thing and he would follow up, you know, how, how is that going? How, how, how's that? And just, just that care because he was clearly listening and not just thinking yeah. about what he was going to say. And I think so often that's how we will naturally come to small group. Like, what do I have to share? What's going on in my life? But, uh, but are we listening well to one another? And like you said, asking good, good questions and following up and not just seeing that as the leader's job. Um, uh, I, I, again, one of the things I really appreciated in your article is you spent uh, at least over half of it talking about expectations. So much of our experience of being involved in a small group is going to, you know, kind of begin and end in some ways with what our expectations are from the group. And you did this balance of sometimes we expect too much or too little from small groups. So let's start with ways that we expect too much from small groups. What would be some examples of how we might be expecting too much from small group? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that we expect too much from small group and then, you know, just handicap it. If, Hmm. if, if we're expecting it to be kind of the, the magic pill, the silver, silver bullet that is going to just take care of my every need for discipleship and growth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that if you expect, uh, okay. Um, maybe before you're in a group, you think I'm, I'm, I'm struggling as a Christian. I'm, you know, um, I'm not doing well fighting this sin. Once I get a small group, 
that's going to all be resolved because I'll have these brothers and sisters to bear this burden with me. Uh, it's not going to fix your every problem. <laughs> you know? So if so, if you're expecting that, then you're going to be disappointed when you when you find out that um, that it's not the magic pill. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think also, and maybe especially relationally, you know, I, I think that that sometimes people may step into a group and think, okay, um, I'm going to, for this small group to be meaningful, uh, for us to really care for one another, then we're going to have to be hanging out together, you know, constantly outside of small group. And again, I just think where kind of your season of life and what your expectations are, are really significant. Like, um, if you're in a season of life where you can, can hang out a lot outside of small group, awesome. You know, that, 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 that could be great. Um, but but I think that if that if you're expecting uh, this small group has to become has to solve my every relational uh, you know inclination towards loneliness or something, um, th- then I think that can just be asking it to do something that it's not intended to do, um, and uh, and then can just kind of lead to greater frustration. I think so. So I think we we it's important to recognize that. Um, you know, small group or whatever similar structure you have that that encourages you to to be in close community with others. If you recognize that, that's one of God's means to, to help you grow. But but it's not the whole kit and caboodle hmm. uh, that, um, that that God's intended for us to be a part of a church where um, where we're ministered to and we minister to one another uh, just in that broader context. Um, you know, that, that uh, you know, there, there's the preaching of the word. There's just so many other things that we, we need to do that, that God intends to help us grow. And, um, and again, if, if you're just expecting the small group to solve everything, uh, it can't do that. So and I, I think if you do have too high of expectations, you're just trying to put a weight on it that it can't bear. And then when you do that, um, I think you can then end up kind of ruining <laughs> what could have otherwise been a great structure if you had realistic expectations mm-hmm. where, because I think what happens is if you, if you look at, if you're having too high of expectations and then it can't bear the unrealistic weight that you put on top of it, then you think if you're not careful, you can start thinking, why aren't these people caring for me well enough like they should? Why, you know, and, and then you can start kind of looking critically instead of saying, Lord, thank you for these brothers and sisters you put around me. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's not perfect, um, and but but it's helpful, and 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 it's a gift of God's grace. So I think when we have realistic expectations, it allows us to receive um, the good gift that it is w- without making it something it could never be. That's helpful. Does the pe- do the people in your small group have to be your best friends? Uh, no, they don't. And they're. I will say this: some have become very, very dear friends. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's one brother that uh, he was in my group the very first time that we we launched, and I think I think we we're in the same small group for ten years. And um, you know, we, we we weren't like enemies to begin with; we just didn't know each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know when it happened, but somewhere maybe around year four, year five, I just looked around and I thought, this brother has been in my life for mm-hmm. a, a long, a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And and I then began to realize I, I should look to him for some things that I hadn't been before. So so particularly somewhere around that time point, um, I think maybe I had just come on, maybe on staff as an elder here. And I just thought, you know, when when there's a day that I'm 
like I realize I'm struggling with the wrong attitude. I'm going to give that brother a call and just verbalize to another person with skin on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the Lord just really brought us really close there. Hmm. Um, uh, but one of the things I'd say, and, and we see this not only in small group, but in the church at large, right? That, that, that we are, we care about and we love and serve whoever the Lord brings to us. And, uh, much like in a, in a family, you don't, uh, you don't get to choose your siblings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you love the brothers and sisters that the Lord brings into the family. And, uh, I think that's true in, um, in church. And, and I think there's an application there in small group as well. Uh, so there are some folks that, that if it weren't for us being, uh, in the same church or the same small group, this isn't so much true right now for me, I would say, uh, everybody's in my small group now, like I, I would, I would be their friends anyway, I think, um, but would you go on vacation with them for uh, two no. weeks, just you and them? I, I don't think I'd go on vacation with anybody for two weeks other than my sweet wife and kids. Okay. I, so I, I just so love time with them. But um, but yeah, but yeah. So we, uh, I mean, and honestly, I, I'll also say this isn't the case for everybody, but um, probably most of my people in my small group would say that we don't talk to each other at church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I see them, I don't avoid them, mm-hmm. but just when when we show up i'm largely thinking i think they're thinking as well we have other relationships let's connect with those people mm-hmm. and we'll see um we'll see our small group members um you know tonight if, if it's small group sunday we meet uh basically every other sunday night for small group every other sunday night okay yeah. uh secret handshakes important or not important for small groups <laughs> um i've i've never had a secret handshake mm. with anyone in my small group good okay so. That's going to be really uh, uh, discouraging for some people here at Henson. Um, but yeah. let's go into but, <laughs> what are some... Maybe touchdown celebration dances. That, that could be fun for us to figure out, like, if we were on a football team, what end zone celebrations would we do? I like where your mind's at there. Um, what's, who, who's, what's your favorite football team, or who, who do you go for? Uh, college or pro? Either. Uh, college, very clearly Florida State Seminoles. Um, NFL, uh, each of our kids have have chosen a different NFL team. And uh, that, that would take a whole other podcast to explain that to you. But um, so I like five NFL teams right now. Oh, my goodness. Five teams. Wow. That seems like a lot to keep track of. It um, is, but there's a better chance of making the Super Bowl. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what are some ways we expect too little of our NFL teams? I mean, of our small groups. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think if we... Um, if if we don't prioritize it or kind of really commit to it. So I think sometimes there can be a sense of where I'm in the group, but let me just kind of keep them at arm's length and figure out, is this going to kind of meet my needs or not? And and if you have that approach, um, and then if everybody else is doing that, then kind of nobody commits, nobody's all in. And, and then suddenly it's probably not a very um, inviting place to be if, if you're kind of coming there that way. So maybe one example, it's maybe a little bit more common with college students. Sorry to pick on college students, but you know, maybe of, um, you know, if somebody misses and it's like, Oh, I've got a, I've got a test tomorrow. I needed to study for that. Um, and yet they, you know, hung out with friends Friday and Saturday, you know, maybe it's more of a, they didn't prioritize it. Um, and, uh, our so college students never do anything like that. Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. right. Go ahead. Yeah, so I think just kind of making it a priority that mm-hmm. that whenever you communicate, I think people know when when it's important to you or not. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I think that if you if you don't make it a priority, it's gonna 
you're not going to get the benefit from it and neither will those in your group. Uh, that's, that's great. David, any, just, um, cause of time, just any good resources that you have found helpful in thinking about small groups or just loving one another, caring for one another in the church in general, or just any encouraging stories that you can share, uh, about God at work in a small group or how small groups have made an impact in your life or someone's life that, you know, just, uh, anything else you want to say here, just, to encourage us to continue to be faithful, press in to one another's lives in the context of small groups. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll mention one thing uh, just th- that I saw come up in, in small groups. So there was one time where uh, two different brothers uh, asked, kind of independent of one another, asked for a meeting with me. And um, that they both shared, hey, I'm really struggling in this particular area. Um, you know, ha- how can I get victory over this? And just among other things, uh, I asked them if they had shared the struggle with their small group. And uh, these two brothers were in the same small group dealing with the exact same struggle. And they both said, no, I haven't talked to people in my small group. They said some variation of uh, the people in my small group wouldn't understand this struggle Hmm. or they wouldn't have anything to help me, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and obviously I didn't tell them, Hey, well, I just talked to, you know, you know, so-and-so and and they've got the same struggle, but, but I, the encouragement I gave both of them, um, was, you know, you should, you should, you should trust your small group with this and, and invite them into that. And my guess is you will find, uh, more help there than you might imagine. Uh, one of the things I said in the article was that sometimes we think we need Gandalf and we overlook the Samwise Gamgee walking alongside us. So any Lord of the Rings. reference there. Yeah, that's right. If, if you're not familiar with that, you know, Gandalf, you this grand wizard who can just make fireworks, you know, elaborate, just kind of off his fingertips or whatever. Michael Lawrence pronounces uh, Gandalf's name as Gandalf. Okay. Just yeah. a little fun fact. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, we're but we're looking for Sam. Gandalf or Gandalf, but we miss Sam is what you're That's saying. Right. That's right. And Sam is this very ordinary hobbit, but he's right there walking alongside Frodo, you know, the, the whole way. And, and he's a loyal, faithful friend. And, um, you know, the well, kind of what inspired that image there was uh, there were a number of times that maybe somebody would come to me and say, hey, I want to switch small groups. I get to talk to them about it. And kind of what would come to the surface, they'd always be careful how they would say it. But but kind of at the heart of it was, yeah, my small group leader's not just super impressive. <laughs> um, and, and often what they really meant was that they wanted to be in Tom Schreiner, Bruce Ware, or Jeremy Pierre small group, you know. And, um, and and I just kind of realized that there there was an kind of a an underestimating and undervaluing um, some just very faithful, godly, wise, and ordinary men who had already kind of like committed to to leading their group, to caring for them, to shepherding them, hmm. and, um, and you know so. It, it, maybe a little bit of a form of, of kind of feeling like I, I have to have the the special guru, the, the person who's, you know, who just everybody looks to as a really wise person and, and then just overlooking the opportunity to, to really receive genuine help from a friend nearby. Um, so that, that's just one of the things that I've, that I've noticed is that uh, if, if the Lord has put you in a small group, it, trust the Lord's providence and, and give those in your group an opportunity to speak into your life. Uh, you, you know, you may think, 
I, I don't think that they're the wisest person um, in the church. Hopefully, if they're leading a small group, there, there's some there's some fundamental wisdom there, and uh, and they'll have some things to say. But but give them a chance and and uh, and invite them to speak into your life. Uh, and then, of course, there may be times that it's appropriate to to maybe seek out. Uh, you know, someone else outside your group for, for wisdom and uh, or, or maybe to, to consult a pastor on, on some things. There are certainly times for that. Um, but but a lot of the things that I was hearing were things that like, you, your small group leader can help you with this. Hmm. You, you should give them a chance. Don't overlook the Samwise and dare to be a Samwise in someone's life. Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with the book uh, Side by Side by, I think it's by Ed Welch? Yes. I feel yeah, like yeah, that book uh, does many things well, but I think it makes that case for being that kind of person and uh, looking for those kind of people to walk alongside us. Um, so that's a, that's a great example, David. And David, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, build up our church um, by having this conversation and for writing this article. Lord's blessings on you and your ministry. Hope uh, we get to see each other again uh, sometime soon in person, not just on Zoom. But uh, thanks again for, for joining us here on the podcast today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, and, David. Uh, we'll be praying for your church and grateful for your ministry there. Thanks, brother. Talk to you later.